Greetings, brothers and sisters, wherever this finds you. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, for he is risen. He is risen indeed. Want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, some selected verses. The resurrection of Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the, resur- the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be holy, pleasing, and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Throughout history, some words have inspired hope, comforted the grieving, motivated others to to reach for new heights. You may recall the the words of Lincoln's Gettysburg Address or the preamble from the Declaration of Independence. Martin Luther ignited the Protestant Reformation with his famous declaration, Here I Stand. Jonathan Edwards lit the revival fires of the Great Awakening with his sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. FDR's radio address on a day that has lived in infamy called for courage to overcome fear and rallied support for America to enter a world war. But of all the words ever spoken, including those in these last couple of weeks as we deal with with new tragedy, as we deal with, with new hardship, with somewhat of a new reality, of, of all the words ever spoken, none have echoed through the ages and changed the course of history as the words spoken by an angel at the empty grave. He is not here. He is risen. This Easter Sunday, we, we turn our attention to the resurrection And while every Sunday worship service is a testimony that Jesus rose from the dead, Easter Sunday provides an opportunity to consider the significance of the resurrection to our faith and and what we really believe. An interesting aspect of early 
Christian history is that the resurrection, not the cross, was the central theme of Christian preaching. You know, many contemporary Christians assume that the cross has always been the focal point of Christian faith. It's as if we sometimes view the cross as the touchdown and the the resurrection as the extra point. And obviously, and certainly, the cross is is vital. It It is deplorable, but beautiful, because it was the means through which Jesus atoned for our sins. But listen to Paul's words. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. If Christ has not been raised, then we are still in our sins. The early believers saw themselves as witnesses to the resurrection. That's in Acts chapter 1, 15 through 16. You know, Peter and John created an uproar because they were preaching about Jesus and, and the resurrection, Acts and chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. And and the Bible says, with great power, the apostles testified to the resurrection. Several years after the crucifixion, while, while preaching in Athens, Paul preached the good news about Jesus and the resurrection in Acts chapter 17, verse 18. And chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians is an incredible passage of encouragement and hope as it provides comfort to those who are grieving. It, it reveals to us Christ, the mighty conqueror who removes the painful sting of death and promises a, a holy transformation from simple flesh to the immortal spiritual condition of union with a holy God. It presents the, the grand and glorious promises in a logical progression as, as a gift from the resurrected Savior. Because Jesus rose from the dead, he is able to make and, and to keep the promises recorded in, in this chapter. And you see here, it is what, is what the resurrection does. It does several things. We're going to look at a few. First of all, the resurrection proclaims Christ's lordship. The resurrection proclaims the deity of Christ. His, his death on the cross may have accomplished our redemption as he, as he paid for the sins of the world, but it did not prove to the world that Christ was God in the flesh. You see, some view the crucifixion as an honorable sacrifice made by a gifted teacher. Others would point to the cross as a, as a failure of Jesus to demonstrate his power, like the thief who mocked Jesus saying, if you are the Messiah, then, then get us down from here. Critics view the cross as an insignificant death. They see Jesus as one of many who rebelled against the Roman Empire and then suffered the consequences. But the scripture paints an entirely different picture. The crucifixion was not a tragedy. It it was a triumph as illustrated and declared by the resurrection. You see, Jesus was not a victim. He was a volunteer. Paul declared that the resurrection proved that Jesus was the Son of God in Romans chapter 1. And in this this text of, of 1 Corinthians 15, we read that Christ conquers all enemies and destroys all dominion and hands the kingdom over to God the Father, verses 24 through 27. Everything is under the authority of Christ because of the resurrection. You know, others have, have made similar claims of deity. They, they are, however, all dead or certainly will be. But the tomb, the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. He is the Holy Son of God who is worthy to receive glory, honor, and praise. 
Secondly, the, the resurrection promotes our, our dignity. Look at the pronoun used in verses 20 through 23, beginning with verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him, those who have fallen asleep, those who belong to him. Who are those? We don't know who they are by name. We know what they did. They placed their faith in Christ as the Savior of the world and therefore belonged to Christ or, or, or died in Christ. The those refers to ordinary people like you and me. The those, like us, have, have collided with Jesus at an intersection in life and, and have accepted the invitation and gift of eternal life. We are the whosoevers of the world. Eternal life is real. We can experience it. The kingdom is here. All, all who come up, call upon the name of the Lord can be saved. Men, women, young, old, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, Republicans, Democrats, the good and the bad. You see, all are welcome into the family of God. Jesus died for our sin and rose again to prove his sacrifice was not in vain. He is alive to declare to you and to me and to the world that we are a unique creation of God with a significant role to play in his kingdom. You and I are one of the those, the precious souls who are too many to name but considered to be the fruit or blessing of the resurrection. And thirdly, the resurrection protects against despair. Verse 19 says that without the resurrection, we should be pitied more than all men. Then in verse 32, we, we read that without the resurrection, we should just eat, drink, and die. But, but Jesus is alive and protects against a life of despair, of despair and selfish indulgence. The resurrection communicates a higher purpose. We understand that we are loved by our Creator who has gone to great lengths to communicate His love. The resurrection reminds us that trials, though tough and seemingly overwhelming, are certainly temporary. We may have to carry a cross for a short time, but there is a resurrection into eternal glory. Despair is like a, a locked door keeping one trapped in a room of pain. Hope remains at some unreachable distance behind the locked door, but the resurrection kicks open the door to freedom, to peace, and hope for a better life, for a better future. And fourthly, the resurrection prepares that very future, our future. Verse 24 declares that the end will come. The resurrection is the guarantee that the promises of Christ are true. Jesus declared that he was going away to prepare a place for his followers. Just John 14 verses 1 through 6. And he promised that he would return. The end is coming when all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And those who have received Christ's offer of eternal life will be made alive as proclaimed in verse 22 while those who reject Christ will experience an eternal death, a separation. The resurrection is an invitation to receive what Christ has prepared for us. 
His offer of eternal life is a gift that, that must be received. So it leads to that question. What have we done with our invitation? Because you see, Jesus is alive and he is calling for us to receive him today. Would you be free from the power of sin? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. 1 Corinthians 15 again reads, The resurrection of the Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. May you feel that victory. May you take part in that victory today this Resurrection Sunday. For He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. And God bless.